0: Broadcasting from the campus of Loyola University, it's 887 WLUW, Chicago Sound Alliance. There's no Thrilled to be here. Loyola for the student newspaper there, the Loyola Phoenix. I have to keep pinching myself (laughs) and asking if this is real. I cannot believe this is happening. I'm a poor, starving college student, so I would say I was physically here, but I wouldn't say I was mentally here. Good Sunday morning, everybody. Welcome in to the Sunday Sports Shootout here on 88.7 FM, WLUW, Chicago Sound Alliance. I'm your host, Nick Schultz. I'm here. If you follow me on Twitter, and if you listen, you can tell I've been dealing with a little bit of laryngitis this week. This is the most, this is the loudest I've sounded since probably Tuesday or Wednesday, but I'm here. We got it all. I got it all good to go. Been having my honey, been doing my other regiments, and I am i couldn't miss this hour of the week, because there's so much to talk about this week. And I went home this weekend, and I wish circumstances were were better. Uh, I won't go into detail. But I went home this weekend, got back last night, and I'm just glad I have enough of a voice to be here and be able to talk about just this insane amount of news that we've got this week in the sports world. So bear with me. Phone lines are open if you want to call and give me a hand here, so I'm not talking for sixty hour or sixty hours. Wow, that'd be that'd be wild. Sixty minutes. Call me up 773-508-9589. I promise I won't yell and scream. I can't yell and scream. But if you want to call and you want to talk about anything, within reason, within reason. Because if you're gonna talk about the new Kanye album, I can't help you there because I don't listen to Kanye West. I don't. I, I don't. I don't like his music. But if you want to talk about Skipper Rossi, David Ross, the new manager of the Chicago Cubs, if you want to complain about the Bears, you want to overreact about the Bears like I did in this week's Loyola Phoenix, which I'll get to in a minute, if you want to talk about the Bulls, talk about the Hawks, talk about anything, give me a call, 773-508-9589. I could use the hand. All right, this is going to be interesting. So where to start this week? The biggest news of the week wasn't the most surprising news of the week. It's that David Ross is the manager of the Chicago Cubs now. Saw it coming from a mile and a half away. Again, not surprised, but kind of, I guess, because of the hype that Joe Espada got. So Joe Espada, the the bench coach of the Houston Astros, got brought in for a second interview. Didn't see that coming, to be honest with you. And I thought maybe he'd sneak in and be like a wild card. But the Cubs hired Rossi. And I'll talk more about why this hiring is a bit of the roll of the dice, but it's a good roll of the dice. In a few minutes. But I want to talk about the Chicago Bears. Well, I don't I mean I don't know what to say about the Chicago Bears. That was awful last week. Absolutely dreadful last week. If you missed it and you, you didn't miss much, you can read all about it in my aforementioned column at loyalphoenix.com. My Bears overreaction Wednesday that I brought back, To give you an idea of my thoughts on the game, here's my first three graphs. Everything is awful. I hate everything. Sports are terrible. I've been ticked off for the last 60 hours or so and haven't calmed down. Why? Because the Bears sucked. That's why. It was brutal. I mean, I I, I don't even know what else to say. Like... I really don't. There's nothing else really to say except they were just bad. And Trubisky, who I supported on the show, I've been on that bandwagon, holding steady on that bandwagon. You look bad. Matt Nagy. look bad. They only ran the ball seven times, which... You've got David Montgomery and Mike Davis, which I think Montgomery's better than Mike Davis. I think we can all agree on that. But why are you only running the ball seven times? Now, I never played football. I golfed. I never, never wore pads. I don't even know how to put them on. I don't understand that at all. The only good thing to come out of that game was Cordero Patterson's 102-yard touchdown, a kickoff return for a touchdown. Oh, this is going to be a really interesting hour if I have to keep doing that. <coughs> All right, we're getting there. We're getting through it. Call me up and help me 773-508-9589. I want to I want to be upset about the Bears with you. <clears throat> so Cordero Patterson. That kickoff return was great. How about that camera angle though? If you get the chance to go back and watch the highlight from Fox, the the camera that they have that goes over the field and just the unique angles it usually sucks, it was an incredible camera work following Cordero Patterson through that run. And I highly encourage you to go back and find the replay. But that was the only good thing about that game was that touchdown return. I, as I've said on this show numerous times, am a loyal listener to score overnights with Les Grobstein on 670 to score WSCR. That night, the night of the Bears game, he came on and within the first half hour, the first half hour of the show, 12 a.m. to 1230 a.m. Monday morning. I heard people calling for Lovey Smith to come back. I heard someone talk about Mark Trussman. And it was, callers were ticked off. And they had every reason to be. It was bad. I tweeted about it. <coughs> you can follow me on Twitter at Nick Schultz underscore seven. I tweeted about that. It was a half hour. One guy said he wanted Lovey Smith back. Another said Matt Nagy is worse than Mark Trestman. Both of those claims are outrageous. Just saying. Because Trestman was bad. He was really bad. Between Trestman and Cutler, which don't get me started on Jay Cutler. That was not a good. That was. Those were dark days. Those were very, very, very dark days. So I don't think Matt Nagy is quite on Trustman's level yet. However, I also wouldn't bring Lovey Smith back. Speaking of Lovey, but I'm just gonna get on a little tangent here. How about the Illinois Fighting Illini? They beat Wisconsin last week which I reacted to on the show you can find the podcast of the show on Apple Podcasts Spotify wherever you get your podcasts and yesterday they rolled in and beat Purdue they didn't just beat Purdue they rolled over Purdue I think the final score was 28 to 7 or something it was not Close, I know that. But Lovey Smith's got something interesting going on down there in Shambana. Now, would I want him back as coach of the Bears? Uh, Hell no. Because I I like Matt Nagy, I do. Now that I'm off the Illinois tangent there, because I won't go on and on about the Illini, just because there's so much more to talk about up here in Chicago. I think Matt Nagy is a good coach. I had no problem saying that. You saw, I know last year was a weird year. I made the analogy that he was coddled last year because no injuries. The Khalil Mack trade was a shot arm. I thought everything everything that could go well went well last year after the 3-3 three and three start, which more on that in a second. Last year was a weird year because everybody was healthy. There was no adversity. They exceeded expectations by miles. That's why last year went so well. <clears throat> now we're into this year. Akeem Hicks is hurt. Kyle Long is hurt. Kyle Long's out for the year. I heard Akeem Hicks had come back in eight weeks, and then I heard he was out for the season, so I don't know what the deal is with that. But I know it's a big loss, and it's going to be tough to recover from. But you got that adversity. Trubisky has taken two steps back, which I'm still on the bandwagon for the record. I still think he can be the guy. I do. He could. If the play calling is good. The play calling has to be good. Because that goes hand in hand. Trubisky is better when Nagy's play calling is better. It's just how it works. I know that's usually how the NFL works. And this is going to sound very elementary when I say that but when Matt Nagy's play calling is on Trubisky is on so Matt Nagy is a good coach Trubisky's taken two steps back there's another comment from Matt Nagy that really ticked me off last week He talked about putting their horse blinders on, their earmuffs on, to avoid the negativity directed at the media, because nothing will pull them apart. Let's take a step back for a second. I, as a student journalist, have dealt with similar situations. I don't think Matt Nagy was right to essentially, which, and I mean, I say essentially because those comments basically proved that he's listening to the outside noise. The media is not the problem, Matt. The media has a job when your team's playing like garbage. Caught myself your team's playing like garbage they're going to say you guys are playing like garbage when your team is playing well we're going to say you guys are playing well right now they're playing like garbage which is why you're reading in the papers hey the bears are playing like garbage and then he Gets to his press conference on Monday. After, like, after 24 hours. And he starts, well, I think you guys as friends, you're not trying to pull us apart. Stop. Stop yourself. You dug yourself a hole when you started talking about your horse blinders and your earmuffs. My advice to Matt Nagy, and I like to think this is good advice, even though I've never... Never played, never coached football. Stop blaming the media. Somebody doesn't like adversity. Face a little adversity, gets a little testy. Now maybe I'm overreacting to it. <clears throat> I could be. It's just because this—I'm very passionate about this. I know it's tough. I know the outside noise when the. When the media is... When all you're reading is like, you guys are garbage. When you're thinking you're down. I get it. But don't... Just stop. I know in the social media age, it's tough. It is. As someone who openly... I will admit it. I live on Twitter. As it is, I I have it open right now. As someone who lives on Twitter, you can... It's hard not to notice people are angry, upset, saying you're terrible. It's very tough in this day and age. But you got to do your best. And it's tough to avoid, but like I said, don't, don't, don't blame the media. If you think the media is getting in the way, delete all social media off your phone. And just I, I guess don't read the papers, don't turn on the TV, do whatever. But that got me. I love Matt Nagy. I defended Matt Nagy. He's had some questionable play calls over his two years in on the Lakefront. I defended him because he's young, because he's basically he's still second year head coach. He's still learning. But man, don't start going after the media. <clears throat> don't do it. Now, back on the field. Bears and the Chargers are playing today at Soldier Field at noon, which means as soon as my hour is up here, go ahead and turn on your TV, turn to Fox. Bears are three and a half point favorites over the Chargers. Can you believe a game against the Los Angeles Chargers in October? Is a must win game for the Bears. It's a must win game for both teams. They both went twelve and four last year. I just saw that from my guy David Haw over at six seventy the score and the Tribune. But this game is a must win. It's crazy. Let's get back to that three and three start though. Last year the Bears went three and three. Start the year. Okay. Back then we were saying, "Okay, this, the Bears are back." Bears are, the they we thought it was still the Bears. Finished 12 and 4. And Matt Nagy is pointing to last year's schedule or last year's 3 and 3 start and saying, "Hey, we did this last year, we can do this again." <clears throat> last year, Matt, you had a last place schedule. This year, you have a first-place schedule. Here's just a few of the games left on the Bears' schedule this year. The 3-3 three and three Chicago Bears. Obviously, they have the Chargers at home today. Down the road, they have to go to L.A. to face the Rams. Head to Green Bay to take on the Packers. And then our boy Patrick Mahomes comes to town with the Kansas City Chiefs. Those are not going to be easy games. I'm pulling up the Bears' schedule from last year because I want to do a compare and contrast because I love comparing and contrasting. It's really fun. One, two, three, four, five, six. Okay, through six games. After this, okay, the Bears, the Bears lost to the Patriots to fall to three and three. Are you ready to see? The rest of the schedule, the Jets, the Bills, the Lions, the Vikings, the Lions, the Giants, the Rams, the Packers, the Niners, the Vikings. Not tough, but I think it's easier than this year's schedule where you've got The Chargers, the Eagles, the Lions, the Rams, the Giants, the Lions, the Cowboys, the Packers, the Chiefs, the Vikings. I don't think this team's going to go 12-4 this year. At this point, I'm not sure if they're going to make the playoffs. And I wrote that in my Bears overreaction column. Now keep in mind, I want to put a disclaimer out there about the Bears overreaction column. These columns are tongue in cheek. If you've listened to this show, you know I am very sarcastic. Actually I'm incredibly sarcastic. The Bears Overreaction Wednesday columns are supposed to be an overreaction. In my column, after my after my first three graphs. Here's my fourth graph, which is where the satire comes in. Are the Bears who we thought they were? They're sure as hell not who I thought they were. Before the season, I predicted they'd win the Super Bowl. I did. said that on these airwaves. Now I'm not even sure they'll make the playoffs. I'm not even sure they'll have a winning record. Maybe they won't even win another game. There is sarcasm, people. They're going to win another game. In fact, they're going to win today. They're going to beat the Chargers today. You know why? Because Matt Nagy's going to run the damn ball. Run the ball. I felt like Leanne Tui in the blindside when she calls up the coach on the high school team. Run the dang ball. You can't run the ball seven times and expect to win the game. Look at me! I'm gonna, blow, I'm gonna blow a vocal cord out. But the point remains: you've got to run the ball. So yes, they will win another game. Will they have a winning record? Probably. Probably. Let's see. On the surface here, let's see. I'm gonna talk a win against the Chargers. Eagles game's a toss-up. I'm gonna to say a victory. I think they beat the Lions. I think they lose to the Rams. I think they beat the Giants. I think they lose to the Lions. I think they lose to the Cowboys. Lose to the Packers. Lose to the Chiefs. Beat the Vikings. It's possible. That's just on the surface. I did not keep track of what all I said there. So I don't have the record written down. Because I didn't think that through very well. But that's why a 3-3 three and three record... In 2019, is not the same as a three and three record in 2018, because not only is it a tougher schedule, but I go back to what I said before. <clears throat> no one expected a 12 and four record. David Kaplan, who I work with at NBC Sports Chicago where I intern, he also hosts a show on ESPN 1000. Last year, he predicted 10 wins. For the Bears. And everyone laughed at him. That shows where expectations were. This year. I set 10 wins. And said. Maybe. Just depends on the schedule. Depends on health. I put 10 as a benchmark. Hoping they would beat it. I would love to see them go 12-4 and again it would get him in the playoffs, that's for sure. But I'm not sure it's going to happen. You had to beat the Oakland Raiders. Losing to the Oakland Raiders took away any and all confidence I had in this team. I'm still stewing over that, too. Don't get me wrong. At least the Saints... Are a decent team. Oh, did I forget to mention that the Saints were without Drew Brees and Alvin Kamara and Jared Cook last week? Yeah, they were a little beat up too. That's why the Saints game got me mad too. Now, they've lost two in a row. In the second year in a row, they've lost out of the bye week. Today's game is going to be so interesting. Jared Payton is a buddy of mine. I I, I call him a buddy. Follow each other on Twitter. I've been on Sports Feed. He's predicting that David Montgomery is going to get 25 carries today. I hope so. Because I really hope Mitch doesn't throw the ball 54 times again. Because he looked bad. I forget who it was, maybe it was Sylvie from ESPN 1000, I forget who it was, said on Twitter that Nagy should bench Allen Robinson so Mitch throws to someone else. I don't. I wish I could remember who it was so I could properly give credit. But Mitch has got to go through his progressions. It, it's got. It's got to happen. I know. The first year. This is his third year in the league. First year did not count in my book because he was stuck with John Fox, who sounds very much like I do right now. Oh well, you know we gotta go out there. We gotta pass the ball. We gotta, you know, we got bitches, bitches looking good. John Fox is not a good coach. I don't think I have to. I don't think that comes as a surprise to anyone. That I don't think he's a good coach. That year was a waste. So I count last year as Mitch's first full year getting used to a system. Problem is, if he was the guy, we'd know it by now. And I still, I, I still think he could. Let me make that perfectly clear. I still think Mitch Trubisky could be the guy. There, I said it. But time is of the essence, Mitch. And I, I guess I don't know if it's a coaching thing, or I don't know if it's the injury. He's got to go through his progressions and please, for the love of God and all that is good, throw to your left. Please, Mitch, throw to your left. I really don't ask for much, but the guy can't throw to his left. Oh, man. It's fun being a Bears fan, isn't it? Like I said, last year at this time, when they were three and three, you're sitting here going, Okay, well, you know what? The Bears are back. They're three and three again. There we go. We're back to mediocrity. Now you're sitting here going, Oh god, they're three and three. What's going on? Is what is Matt Nagy the right guy? Is Ms. Trubisky the right guy? What's gotta change? <clears throat> I was listening to Cap and Comp listen to Cap's show this week. He brought up a really good point with Shea pepler Cornet from Fox 32. The MVP of this year's Bears team so far is Eddie Pinheiro. The kicker has been the most consistent player on the Bears roster this season. The biggest question mark during the offseason when they brought in Six other guys, at least, for a competition to replace Cody Parkey, who doinked it again last week. He doinked an extra point last week. It was amazing. I have watched it over and over, and I've laughed just as hard every time. The competition to replace him was the story of the offseason. Didn't hear anything about the offensive line being terrible in preseason. The defense has taken two steps back, but Eddie Pinheiro, Eddie Money, as they're calling him, Eddie Pinheiro is your MVP of the Chicago Bears so far this season. Isn't that crazy to think about? I mean, if you and if, it's, it sounds crazy at first, but if you really think about it, he has been the most consistent player on the roster this season, even with the knee injury that he got from lifting weights, which don't get me started on why you have your kicker lifting weights, but that's your MVP so far. By the way, you're listening to the Sunday Sports Shootout on 88.7 FM, WLUW, with Nick Schultz. If you want to call and complain about the Bears, I'm going to get to Cubs talk here in just a second. But if you want to talk about anything, Call me up, 773-508-9589. I got another half hour here, and as you can hear, still coming off of laryngitis, so I could use a little bit of help if you can. So if you got a phone nearby and want to call me up and yell at me, I can't yell back, but I would love for you to join me. Now let's talk some baseball. I think I've exhausted football. One more, actually one last football thing. I think I said it, but I'll say it again. I'm taking the Bears to win today. I think the Bears beat the Chargers. After that, I have no idea what's going to happen. So we'll see. Let's move on to baseball. Grandpa Rossi's back, baby. If you could see inside the studio right now, which the new studio is going to have video capability, So hopefully, if we can get that up and running, I can go live. You'll be able to see my surprised face. Not shocked. Maybe, like I said before, a little surprised, but not shocked that David Ross is the new Cubs manager. Now, I have seen opinions on both sides of this. You either love the hire or you hate the hire. I've seen both. I've seen plenty of both. I don't love it. I certainly don't hate it. I like it a lot. I don't want to use love yet. And here's why. Let me build up my argument here. <clears throat> David Ross has been training for this job for three years. He has. He was essentially a bench coach in uniform in 2016. And when he's been in the front office, he's been able to see firsthand how things are run. He's got the front office experience. He's familiar with the guys. I think that aspect is good. Big separator for me. And this is a key point to why I like the hiring he's a catcher if you study baseball and if you're really into baseball you know that the catcher is the smartest person on that field I've seen it where the catchers call the games which is a it's, it's a skill because the catcher will call for call for whatever pitch they see fit. Catchers are the ones that the coaches turn to or the managers turn to when they ask, how do you think they look when tr- when deciding to pull them from games, pull pitchers from games, I should say. The catchers are the smartest people on that field. So that's why people are questioning how David Rossin managed the bullpen. He can tell you just by looking at them how they're thrown. He is an incredible baseball mind. Now, I know part of the the competition for the manager gig. Now, here's where I'm going to get into my counter argument. You'll see where I'm going with this. Joe Girardi was also a very... Good catcher. Played for the Cubs. Joe Girardi was a very good manager. I did not want Joe Girardi managing the Cubs. <clears throat> I actually had a very good conversation with my little brother, who goes to George Washington out in D.C., he's Navy ROTC out there. He was also a three year catcher on the varsity baseball team in high school. He was Team Girardi. Until he talked to me. Joe Girardi was a good manager in New York, but I don't think he'd fit the Cubs team. The analogy I made to my brother. My brother's very into cars. He has a he has a Mustang. Two thousand seven Mustang. It's a stick shift. That is a lost talent being able to drive a stick shift. I can barely do it. He's gifted. I made this analogy, and if you know how to drive a stick, you'll understand it. Going from Joe Madden, who was very hands off, very laissez-faire, very let the players do what they want, to Joe Girardi, who is Mister No Facial Hair, by the book, be here at this time, this time, this time, discipline, discipline, would be like going from first gear straight to fourth gear. Now, could that be a good thing? Yeah, because Joe Girardi would—I mean, he would walk—he'd walk into that clubhouse and instant respect. I didn't get that right. There we go. Instant respect in that clubhouse. That guy can command a room, like like it's nothing. But he's old school. He's old school. I know he's a numbers guy. I still don't think he fully buys into the analytics with the launch angle, which I still don't buy into. the The launch angle, the exit velocity—I hate that with a passion. You go up there, you try to hit the ball. I'm not getting on that soapbox right now. I got to stay focused. Stay focused. Joe Girardi would also do his own thing as a manager. Now I actually I read something very interesting from Brett Taylor over at Bleacher Nation. I think it actually might have been my guy Luis Medina who writes for him. I think it was Luis Spies today. Joe Madden is hired an Anaheim to manage the Angels. Joe Madden hired a hitting coach. Joe Madden's hitting coach is John Maley. Anyone remember that name? Oh yeah. It's the guy the Cubs got rid of because they thought they needed a change they needed a new voice. Isn't it weird <clears throat> that Joe Madden brought John Maley to Anaheim? Doesn't it sound like Theo and Jed were the reason why Maley got pushed out? Jill went along with it. I think Joe Girardi is too headstrong. For Theo and Jed's liking. I think he's too. I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to do it my way. Like Frank Sinatra. I think he is way. He's too. I I think headstrong is the right word. David Ross. Theo and Jed can pull the strings. Ross can handle the in-game management. He can handle one to pull a guy, but I think Theo and Jed want to have a little more input, and I think Rossi could be that guy. Another thing that stands out about Joe Girardi—I want to make sure I get this right. Let me look. Let me get this. Let me get this open on my computer. In 2006, he was a first-time manager with the Florida Marlins, now the Miami Marlins. After a year coaching with the Yankees, he was named manager of the year that year. They fired him. Why? Because Girardi got into an argument with Marlins owner Jeffrey Loria during a game. This is from Wikipedia, so consider the source here, but (coughs) it's cited. Marlon's owner was heckling home plate umpire Larry Vanover when the umpire warned Girardi about the harassment. Girardi and his bench coach turned to Loria, and told him to stop. Loria had been talked out of firing Girardi Loria had to be talked out of firing Girardi immediately after the game. Now that's a valid reason to talk to your owner, but to get into a full on argument with your owner, that worries me. It worries me a lot. I think David Ross, is, he's not the perfect candidate. I'll make that perfectly clear. He's not the perfect candidate. But he was a very good candidate. And this was a roll of the dice that the Cubs needed to take. How many times over the last couple of years... Have you heard, wow, they missed David Ross? How many times on this show did Daryl and I sit here going, wow, they missed David Ross? Now they have him back. <clears throat> now they have him back. That sounds better. Told you, laryngitis sucks, man. I would not recommend this to anybody. If you know me, you know I like to talk. This is terrible. Anyway. David Ross, like I said before, was a bench coach in uniform in twenty sixteen. I said at the time, he'd make a really good manager one day. I've said it on this show in other discussions, because I wasn't I wasn't doing the show when they won the World Series. I've said on this show. David Ross would be a really good manager someday. You look at the mind. You look at how he carries himself. Now, the kicker with this whole thing. Now, you have David Ross as a manager. You have a very young, for all intents and purposes, young, inexperienced manager. Who's going to be his bench coach? You need a bench coach. You need someone who's going to get in his ear and tell him, hey, you're doing this wrong. This is what you need to do. Or maybe not necessarily those words, but like kind of mold him. Your bench coach are your ears, your manager, your eyes and your mouth. Same analogy I made with my brother on the phone the other day. We talked for 40 minutes about this, mind you. It's a 40-minute commute. From my Rogers Park apartment to the Merchandise Mart to NBC Sports Chicago where I intern. We talked for 40 minutes about this. Ross is the eyes and the mouth because he speaks to the media and he sees the field. And he sees when to pull pitchers. Your bench coach has to keep you in check. Now this goes back to another candidate I didn't want for the Cubs manager job. Mark Loretta. I said this a couple weeks ago, and I'm going to say it again. Mark Loretta went on 670 the score after his interview, and he was talking about what the Cubs did wrong this year. They need more discipline. They need more of this. They need more of that. They need more of that. More of this. More of that. Dude, you were the bench coach. That's your job. Your job is to get in Joe Madden's ear, and you need to tell him, hey, you're not doing this right. Hey, this needs to change. Hey, you need to do this. You clearly weren't doing your job. Now, not, maybe Joe wasn't listening. Maybe Joe just wasn't listening because he knew it was a contract year and he had to be do his own thing. But that's not a good look when you're old, when you're, Bench coach is going on the radio after interviewing for the manager job, telling you what you did wrong this year when he had the job to fix it. That's why David Ross needs someone that he knows, someone he trusts to come be his bench coach. I'm a scorehead. I listen to 670 The Score all the time. I was listening to the McNeil and Parkins show in the afternoons. And they had John Morosi on the day David Ross was hired. This was Thursday. They had John Morosi from MLB Network, Fox Sports, etc. Come on. And they asked him. Who should Ross (coughs) hire? Wow. This is good. 15 more minutes. Come on. I can do this. Who should Ross hire as his bench coach? Morosi threw out a couple names. No insights, no. No sources, this is pure speculation, pure guessing of names he could call, he could tap. We think of John Gibbons and John Farrell. They're both former bench coaches. Rossi played for Farrell in Boston. What about somebody like that? You have the youth in the manager spot. You need experience in the bench coach spot. Now, I know the bench coach job is usually a springboard. It's usually a trampoline. It's not good when you have a career bench coach. Your bench coach should be using that to springboard to a manager job. Look at Davey Martinez. He was by Joe Madden's side. Finally got out of bench coaching, and now he's managing in the World Series. I'm still taking the Nats to win. now you got the youth and manager spot you need the experience in his ear I'm not sure what he's gonna do about everything else if I had my way if I had my way I'd be going out and bringing back Larry Rothschild but I don't think he's leaving New York because I love Larry Rothschild my grandpa did too and I wrote a call a couple weeks ago in the Phoenix about how much I trust my grandpa's opinion on coaches and managers he loved Larry Rothschild That's who I'd bring back as pitching coach, but like I said, I don't think he's leaving New York. That's pie in the sky. But the bench coach is going to be the most important hire David Ross makes. It shouldn't be Mark Loretta. It shouldn't be Will Venable. It should be someone who's been around the league. Maybe someone who's been in the role before. Someone Who knows what they're doing. Maybe a former manager who's looking to get back in the game. No, before you say it, no, Joe Girardi would not take bench coach job. I know he got hired in Philly, but one thought that I had previously was Ross and Girardi as bench coach, but no, you need someone who's been out of there for a while trying to just get back in. And someone would have said, oh, Girardi would have made a good bench coach. Nah, he wouldn't take it. The guy managed the Yankees to a World Series. No, that wouldn't happen. Now, the ideal scenario for the Cubs would have been hire Girardi as manager, Ross' bench coach, in my opinion. I know I said I wouldn't want Girardi as manager because he's too my way or the highway. I think Ross could have kept him in check. <clears throat> but clearly that didn't happen. So this is going to be a very interesting year. Now that we have the manager question settled. Who gets traded? And that brings up another report from Cap. Same day he broke the Ross news. In 2015, Chris Bryant was called up for the minor leagues. When Chris Bryant was called up for the minor leagues, Finally, the Cubs engineered it where they waited an extra day so they get an extra year of team control. Instead of being a free agent after 2020, KB is now a free agent after 2021. He filed a grievance. The MLBPA filed a grievance, I think, and it was to be heard last week. If he wins that grievance, He would be a free agent after 2020. I don't think he will. But also, I'm not an expert in this. I don't know how all that works. Say he does win it. Do you trade him? I know that's weird for me to say because I've been on the train the whole time. Don't trade Chris Bryant. But if he's a free agent after 2020, do you do it? But then, who do you put at third base? I don't know who go to third base. Maybe go sign Anthony Rendon, but that's going to be a hefty price tag. I think the odd man out this year, I've said it before, is Wilson Contreras. I think Contreras gets traded. I think your core infield of Rizzo, Baez, Bryant, and Nico Horner at second base... Stays. I think Contreras goes. And you bring in an experienced catcher. I want to know what you think. I got 10 minutes left. 773-508-9589. You got to be impressed. I made it through 50 minutes here. And I still sound like this. Man, you should have heard me yesterday morning. I couldn't talk. But I couldn't miss this show. This is too much fun. I've been building this up. You have a lot to think about when you can't talk about sports and stuff. Well, I couldn't. I sound a lot like this. I sound like Jim, I sound like Jim Boylan. Oh, yeah. You got bulls across the chest. We're going to get to the mountaintop. Speaking of the bulls. Woof. That was not a good start to the season. I, uh well, uh, that Hornets game, I didn't get to watch most of. I was in class. That was opening night. Last I saw, the Bulls were up 10. And next thing I knew, they lost by one. In that class, we actually had a very good speaker come in. So I wasn't paying any attention to the game. Then they beat the Grizzlies. Kobe White beat John ja Moran. But that Raptor game last night. A home opener. Ouch. 108 84? At home? I get that it was on the second half of a back-to-back. But this team was supposed to be very good. Well, not very good. I take let me, let me walk that back a little bit. This team was supposed to be better than last year, which isn't tough to do. I don't even know what to say. 108-84? to 84? I know the Raptors aren't a bad team, but they're not what they were last year. Ouch, man. See, this is a weird this is weird for me. Because last year, I got into the mentality of the Bulls need to lose every game. They need to tank. They need to lose. Now I guess they're going for a playoff spot. Now I guess I want them to win. I I don't know. Like this is this is really weird for me. I don't know what to think. Should the bull should I want him to win? Should I want him to lose? Get a good draft spot, even though the lottery won't guarantee a good draft spot, as we saw last year. I just I don't know. But I do know is I really like what I was seeing from Kobe White. How about the young guy? Yeah, Kobe White's looking pretty good out there in a Bulls uniform. That hair, though. He didn't do necessarily great last night, but nobody did. No, I don't think anybody played well last night. There's something to be said when your high score is Wendell Carter. Zach Levine had 11 points. Kobe had eight. Lowry Marketing had nine. Otto Porter Jr. had nine. Tomas Sadoransky had eight. Chris Dunn had one. Yeah, not not that good last night. So the Bulls are in a weird spot. But you know who's in a bad spot? Chicago Blackhawks. Man, I'm not sure what to think about the Blackhawks right now. They're just bad. Like they can't play defense. They can't keep control of the puck. I, oh, I'm frustrated. Maybe I'm spoiled. I actually no. I know I'm spoiled because I started getting into hockey 2009 when they played in the Winter Classic. That was a year before they won the first cup. So I've been a fan basically since the, the cup era. But man. If I could yell. I'd have been yelling at the TV all night. At that Hawks game. They just look bad. And I know they spent more money in the offseason. I know that they're trying to get back to what they were. I'm just frustrated. I think Robin Leonard should be in goal, which he is today. I think Jonathan Taves needs to get things together and start getting back in the box score. But they need to play defense. Defense. Now I'm about to say something that I haven't said on the airwaves before, but I've been saying this for the last four days. Oh, this hurts to say. Not that, that that not just because like I'm dealing with my sore throat, but because this will this just pains me to say it. It's time to trade Duncan Keith. He he doesn't have it. I know he's one of the most beloved Hawks of the Cup era. I know he's meant a lot to the team. I know he he took the puck to the mouth. He lost seven teeth, came back, and tore it up. It's time. It's time for a shakeup. Two caught in the past. You're seeing that with the roster. Bringing back Brandon Saad. Bringing back Andrew Shaw. Chris Versteeg is down at Rockford. You've got all these names from when they won the cup coming back, and it's, it's time to get out of the past. And trading Duncan Keith would <clears throat> trading Duncan Keith would be a good start. Get a good defenseman. Beef up, beef up the defense. Give Crawford and Leonard a chance. Because they can't stop everything. I get mad at Crawford when he makes when he blows easy saves. And I know Leonard has had I know Leonard's had a couple couple shots go through that could have been stopped. But he's also been playing with no defense in front of him. The biggest need is defense, and then they have to work on puck control. And then the power play and the penalty kill are atrocious. My mom asked me an interesting question yesterday. She asked what the breakdown was with the Blackhawks. I answer I answer with a question. you looking for just one answer? I don't know if it's coaching. I don't know if it's practicing. I don't know if it's reps. I don't know. I know the defense is a huge problem. I don't know if we can narrow it down to one thing. I just, I <clears throat> I don't know. All I know is they're not in a good spot. And this season is going to be telltale. Do I think Stan Bowman should be fired? Absolutely. Brought this up yesterday, too. I want to talk with my family. We're big Hawks fans, in case you couldn't tell. You don't get those three cups because of Stan Bowman. You get them because of Dale Talon, And Dale Talon's now in Florida with some other guy named Joel Quinville. Think about how many moves in the last few years that it made you scratch your head and go, what are they doing that for? The Artemi Panarin trade? The Nicholas Jomerson trade? When the Hawks lost, I think it was Nashville, and they should have won the cup and they got first-rounded, and Stan Bowman overreacted by trading almost every, almost everybody, including Panarin and Jomerson? Start looking back at that and go through and find how many moves have made you scratch your head and go, you know, I wonder what he's doing that for. Think about that, would you? I'm running out of time. But before I go, I want to reiterate, the Bears will win today. They will win. And David Montgomery will run the ball more and man, You will call more than seven run plays. Thank you for dealing with me and my raspy voice. I am out of here. I will see you next week. Hopefully I will sound better. Thank you for tuning in to the Sunday Sports Shootout for all of us here at WLUW. Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you next Sunday.